Hi, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the October 12th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 2357 through 2359 of the Catechism. Chastity and Homosexuality 2357 Homosexuality refers to relations between men or between women who experience an exclusive or predominant sexual attraction toward persons of the same sex. It has taken a great variety of forms through the centuries and in different cultures. Its psychological genesis remains largely unexplained, basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity. Tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, affective and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. 2358. The number of men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes for most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfil God's will in their lives and, if they are Christians, to unite the sacrifice of the Lord's cross, the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. 2359. Homosexual persons are called to chastity by virtues of self-mastery that teach them inner freedom, at times by the support of disinterested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. Okay, so this section in the Catechism on homosexuality is the most criticised section of the Catechism. The first number, 2357, is a number that many people are campaigning to remove from the Catechism. They're campaigning to to, to change it. And I suppose... Here we need to say a couple of things clearly. First of all, it is a harsh language. Secondly, people can feel um, hard done by, can feel prejudiced against, can feel to a certain sense condemned by this language. Thirdly, although they may feel this, in reality the language does not condemn any person. Nobody is condemned. What is condemned is the homosexual acts. That homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. Not people. Not, um, and even it's a mistake to say homosexual people. Because we, everybody is a person. What uh, classifies us as people is not our sexual orientation or anything of that nature. 
Every person is first of all a person, and that's the important thing. However, the church has always seen homosexuality as being disordered, as being wrong. And in this sense, I know some people are asking to change this number of the catechism, and in this sense, if it were possible to find a way to say the same teaching in a more palatable way, then by all means it could be changed, it could be revised, it could be retranslated, once it expressed the same truth. Not by changing the doctrine, because the Church is not free to change her doctrine. That what is revealed by God through nature, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, through the tradition of the Church, is revealed by God. And we can't alter it. You know, we can't decide to change it. You know, if that was the case, every generation would remove a few pages from the Bible, would, refu- would remove a few chapters from the Catechism. And after 2,000 years, we'd be left with nothing. Christianity is always a challenge. And everybody in their life faces challenges. But as it says in the end of this section, everybody has the possibility of Christian perfection. Everybody can approach Christian perfection. No matter what they're, no matter who they are, no matter what they have going on inside. And uh, again, it is the case that the norm in Christianity is for most people to get married in a heterosexual marriage. For a man and a woman to get married, to have children. And to live together. This is what, um, what is the norm. However, many people are outside this norm. For many reasons. This isn't the place to get into the reasons for it. I mean, this is something for spiritual direction that people should um, maybe do in spiritual direction. To try to find the roots. To try to find uh, what are the reasons for, for our characters. What are the reasons for our impulses. Why are we the way we are? What perhaps in our history has uh, moulded us in a particular way? However, what is true is that God has a plan for every person. And because heaven exists, God wants to bring every person to heaven. Whether or not, in a sense, he manages depends on how we live our lives, how we cooperate what we do with our free will, whether we accept this invitation or not. But that everybody is invited to this. Nobody's excluded. And that this is an important way for Christians to live. To live trusting in God. To live knowing that he is in charge. To live in our weakness, in our frailty, if we sin, to repent and to start again but to trust in the Lord and this is um, and again this can be a big struggle for people and all of us face struggles but um, it does a disservice to people to pretend that things are otherwise you know 
that if somebody is dying because they're smoking a lot of cigarettes, if a doctor says, well, I don't want to offend them, and I'm not going to tell them anything, I mean, this is wrong on the doctor's part. And again, this is the whole reason for the church's teaching, that God has revealed a way of life. He has revealed to us a way that is different to what society says, that is different to what the talking heads say, that is different even to what many so-called experts today might say, but nonetheless is life-giving. And it's not up to us to change it. But each one of us is called to follow Christ. And in this following of Christ, in this being close to God, in this intimacy with God, we find our being. We find our happiness. We find our peace. We are prepared for heaven. And that this is what God wants for each one of us. Through histories that we can't understand working in lives that so often we would change a million things in our lives. And yet God knows what he's doing. God has a plan for each one of us, and God's plan is happiness. God's plan is goodness. God's plan is for us to be, to experience eternal life with him. So really here, I suppose we leave it here. You could do a whole uh, course on this, uh, these few numbers of the Catechism, but for those who have um, um, questions about them and the rest, I say the first thing to do is to read it well. To read these three paragraphs well, to read them a few times, to find out what they're saying, to look at the biblical passages that they refer to, and then to pray about it. To bring it to the Lord in prayer. And many times, God can help us to understand things, or help us even to accept things that we can't understand. But to know that by following God, by being faithful to him, that we are invited to eternal life, that we're invited to his peace, and that we are offered the forgiveness of sins. So very well. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to look at 2360 through 2361. God bless. <laughs>